Chapter 10 The Lobster Quadrille <sighs> The Mock Turtle sighed deeply and drew the back of one flapper across his eyes. He looked at Alice and tried to speak, but for a minute or two, sobs choked his voice. <laughs> Same as if he had a bone in his throat, said the griffin, and it set to work shaking him and punching him in the back. At last the mock turtle recovered his voice, and with tears running down his cheeks, he went on again. You may not have lived much under the sea. I haven't. And perhaps you were never even introduced to a lobster. I once tasted... Oh, no, never. So you can have no idea what a delightful thing a lobster quadrille is. No, indeed. What sort of dance is it? Why, you first form into a line along the seashore. Two lines! Seals, turtles, salmon, and so on. And when you've cleared all the jellyfish out of the way... That generally takes some time. You dance twice. Each with a lobster as a partner. Of course. And dance twice, set the partner. Change lobsters and retire in same order. And, you know, you throw them... The lobsters! As far out to sea as you can! Swim after them! Turn a somersault in the sea! Change lobsters again! Back to land again! That's all the first figure. Said the mock turtle, suddenly dropping his voice, and the two creatures, who had been capering about like mad things all this time, sat down again very sadly and quietly and looked at Alice. It must be a very pretty dance. Would you like to see a little of it? Oh, very much indeed. Come, let's try the first figure, said the mock turtle to the griffin. We can do without lobsters, you know. Which shall sing? Oh, you sing. I've forgotten the words. So they began solemnly dancing round and round Alice, every now and then treading on her toes when they passed too close, and waving their forepaws to mark the time, while the mock turtle sang this, very slowly and sadly. Will you walk a little faster? Said a whiting to a snail. There's a porpoise close behind us, and he's treading on my tail. See how eager be the lobsters and the turtles all advance. They are waiting on the shingle. Will you come and join the dance? Will you, won't you, will you, won't you, will you join the dance? Will you, won't you, will you, won't you, won't you join the dance? You can really have no notion how delightful it will be when they take us up and throw us with the lobsters out to sea. But the snare replied, To fall, to fall, and gave a look response. Said he thanked the whiting kindly, but he would not join the dance. Would not, could not, would not, could not, would not join the dance. Would not, could not, would not, could not, could not join the dance. What matters is how far we go, his scaly friend replied. There is another shore, you know, upon the other side. The further off from England, the nearer is to France. Then turn not pale, beloved snail, but come and join the dance. 
Will you, won't you, will you, won't you, will you join the dance? Will you, won't you, will you, won't you, won't you join the dance? <laughs> Thank you. It's a very interesting dance to watch, said Alice, feeling very glad that it was over at last. And I do so like that curious song about the whiting. Oh, as to the whiting, they, uh, you've seen them, of course. Yes, uh, I've often seen them at Din. Yeah, I don't know where Din may be, but if you've seen them so often, of course you know what they're like. I believe so. They have their tails and their mouths, and they're all over crumbs. You're wrong about the crumbs. Crumbs would all wash off in the sea, but they have their tails in their mouths, and the reason is... Here the Mock Turtle yawned and shut his eyes. Tell them about the reason and all that, he said to the Griffin. The reason is that they would go with the lobsters to the dance. So they got thrown out to the sea. So they had to fall a long way. So they got their tails fast in their mouths. So they couldn't get them out again, that's all. Uh, thank you. It's very interesting. I never knew so much about a whiting before. I can tell you more than that if you like. Do you know why it's called a whiting? I never thought about it. Why? It does the boots and shoes. The griffin replied very solemnly. Alice was thoroughly puzzled. Does the boots and shoes? She repeated in a wondering tone. Why, what are your shoes done with? I mean, what makes them all shiny? Alice looked down at them and considered a little before she gave her answer. They're done with blacking, I believe. Boots and shoes under the sea are done with a whiting. Now you know. And what are they made of? Alice asked in a tone of great curiosity. Souls and ills, of course. Any shrimp could have told you that. But if I'd been the whiting, said Alice, whose thoughts were still running on the song, I'd have said to the porpoise, Keep back, please. We don't want you with us. They were obliged to have him with them. No wise fish would go anywhere without a porpoise. Wouldn't it really? Said Alice in a tone of great surprise. Of course not. Why, if a fish came to me and told me he was going to journey, I should say, with what porpoise? Don't you mean purpose? I mean what I say. The mock turtle replied in an offended tone, and the griffin added... Come, let's hear some of your adventures. I could tell you my adventures, beginning from this morning, said Alice a little timidly. But it's no use going back to yesterday, because I was a different person then. Explain all that. No, no, the adventures first. Explanations take such a dreadful time. So Alice began telling them her adventures from the time when she first saw the white rabbit. She was a little nervous about it just at first. The two creatures got so close to her, one on each side, and opened their eyes and mouths so very wide. But she gained courage as she went on. Her listeners were perfectly quiet till she got to the part about her repeating, You are old, Father William, to the caterpillar, and the words all coming different. And then the mock turtle drew a long breath and said, That's very curious. It's all about as curious as can be. It all came different. The Mock Turtle repeated thoughtfully. I should like to hear her try and repeat something now. Tell her to begin. He looked at the griffin as if he thought it had some kind of authority over Alice. Stand up and repeat. Tis the voice of the sluggard. 
How the creatures order one about and make one repeat lessons. Thought Alice. I might as well be at school at once. However, she got up and began to repeat it. But her head was so full of the lobster quadrille that she hardly knew what she was saying, and the words came very queer indeed. "'Tis the voice of the lobster," I heard him declare. "You have baked me too brown. I must sugar my hair, as a duck with its eyelids, so he with his nose trims his belt and his buttons and turns out his toes." That's different from what I used to say when I was a child. Well, I never heard it before, but it sounds uncommon nonsense. Alice said nothing. She had sat down with her face in her hands, wondering if anything would ever happen in a natural way again. I should like to have it explained. She can't explain it. Go on with the next verse. But about his toes, how could he turn them out with his nose? You know. It's the first position in dancing, Alice said, but was dreadfully puzzled by the whole thing, and longed to change the subject. Go on with the next verse, the Griffin repeated impatiently. It begins. I passed by his garden. Alice did not dare to disobey, though she felt sure it would all come wrong, and she went on in a trembling voice. I I passed by his garden, and marked with one eye. How the owl and the panther were, were sharing a pie. What is the use of repeating all that stuff if you don't explain it as you go on? It's by far the most confusing thing I ever heard. Yes, I think you'd better leave off," said the Griffin, and Alice was only too glad to do so. Shall we try another figure of the lobster quadrille, or would you like the mock turtle to sing you a song? Oh, a song, please. If the mock turtle would be so kind, Alice replied so eagerly. That the Griffin said in a rather offended tone, <laughs> "No accounting for taste. Sing her turtle soup, will you, old fella?" The mock turtle sighed deeply and began, in a voice sometimes choked with sobs, to sing this: <laughs> "Beautiful soup, so rich and green, waiting in the hot." Turil, who for such dainties would not stoop? Soup of the evening, beautiful soup. Soup of the evening, <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful soup, beautiful soup, beautiful soup, a soup of the Beautiful, beautiful soup. <laughs> beautiful soup. Who cares for fish, game, or any other dish? Who would not give all else for two? Pennyworth, 
cried the griffin, and the mock turtle had just begun to repeat it. Beautiful soup, beautiful soup. When a cry of, The trial's beginning! was heard in the distance. Come on! cried the griffin, and taking Alice by the hand, it hurried off without waiting for the end of the song. What trial is it? Alice panted as she ran, but the griffin only answered, Come on! and ran the faster while more and more faintly came, carried on the breeze that followed them, the melancholy words, Beautiful! 